Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Now we turn to Louisville Business First. We will read from the issue dated May 12th, 2023. Your reader today is Julia Shane. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or who have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Our first article is titled, Denny Crum Remembered as a Calm and Inspirational Leader. The legendary UofL men's basketball coach died on May 9th at age 86. Written by Michael Jones. Denny Crum, the Hall of Fame coach who led the University of Louisville men's basketball to two national titles and six Final Four appearances, has died at the age of 86. Kenny Klein, longtime UofL Sports Information Director and close friend of the coach, confirmed Crum died at his home on Tuesday morning, according to a report from news partner WLKY-TV. Known for carrying a rolled-up program and wearing a red blazer on the sidelines, Crum coached the UofL Cardinals from 1971 to 2001. During that time, the Cardinals made final four appearances in 1972, 1975, 1980, 1982, 1983, and 1986. Crum led the team to NCAA championships in 1980 and 1986. Crum had a history of heart trouble dating back to 2017 when he had a stroke while on a fishing trip in Alaska. The former UofL coach had a second stroke in 2019. Louisville basketball fans began to worry about Crum's health late last year when news broke that his wife, Susan Sweeney Crum, had called in hospice care for him following the stroke. Denny Crum was a basketball legend, making an impact here in Kentucky by leading Louisville to win multiple national titles, Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear wrote on Twitter. But even more importantly, he made a difference in the community by running an inclusive program for all to enjoy. He will be greatly missed. Kenny Payne, the current UofL men's basketball coach, was a member of Crum's 1986 championship squad. Today is a sad day for me personally, as well as the basketball world, Payne said in a post on Twitter. My thoughts go through all the lessons that he taught, not just to me, but every player that ever came into contact with him. The Cardinal community loved their coach and will miss his calm leadership, both on and off the court, Senator Mitch McConnell said. We send our deepest sympathies to his wife, Susan, and all of his friends and family. Denzel Edwin Crum was born 
March 2, 1937, in San Fernando, California. He attended Notre Dame High School in Sherman Oaks, where he excelled in basketball, soccer, and track. He went on to play basketball at Los Angeles Pierce College. After two years at the junior college, Crum transferred to UCLA, where he played for coach John Wooden, nicknamed the Wizard of Westwood, because he won 10 national championships in a 12-year period. Crum earned the Ira Palmer Memorial Trophy for Outstanding First-Year Varsity Player at UCLA. He also received the Bruin Bench Award for Most Improved Player the following year. After graduating from UCLA in 1958, Crum worked at the university as a freshman basketball coach before returning to Pierce College as an assistant coach in 1961. He was named head coach at Pierce College in 1964. By the time he left in 1967, Crum had amassed a 86-40 and 40 record. Crum returned to UCLA in 1968 as Wooden's assistant and chief recruiter. During his three seasons as an assistant, UCLA won 89 of 90 games and three national championships. Crum once told reporter Michael Mink of Investors Business Daily that he learned the importance of paying attention to details from Wooden. If you don't pay attention to details, there are so many little things that are going to slip through the cracks. It's hard to get the job done well, Crum said. They'll all build up to become one big obstacle to whatever it is you're trying to get done. Coach Wooden would be the first to say he wasn't great at strategy, that he was a teacher. Crum replaced John Dromo as Louisville's coach in 1971. The Cardinals reached the Final Four in his first season, losing to Wooden and UCLA in the semifinals. But Crum would one-up his old coach in 1980 when he guided his team past the Bruins for UofL's first NCAA championship. Crum's 1980 championship team featured UofL great Daryl Griffith. The team was known as the Doctors of Dunk for their aggressive style. The Cardinals won their second championship in Dallas in 1986, beating Duke 72-69 in the title game. Crum is tied for sixth all-time in number of Final Four appearances with former University of Kentucky coach Adolph Rupp and Michigan State coach Tom Izzo. He was named National Coach of the Year three times and inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in 1994. In addition to his success on the basketball court, Crum was one of the founders of the Louisville Eccentric Observer, LEO, an alternative weekly publication, and he was involved in horse breeding. The next article is titled, Hotel Genevieve Opens in New Lou. The Boutique Hotel Opened Right Before the Kentucky Derby, written by Eleanor Tolbert. Hotel Genevieve opened at 730 East Market Street in Nulu recently. It comes from a partnership with Austin-based Bunkhouse Hotels and owner and real estate developer Mountain Shore Properties based in Charleston, South Carolina. The Nulu Hotel is the largest bunkhouse hotel to date, with 122 rooms spanning six floors. The $30 million project features an all-day ground floor restaurant, rooftop bar and lounge, mini market, and speakeasy. Bunkhouse also partnered with Philadelphia-based Rowe Creative on the interior design of the hotel. 
Hotel Genevieve has four eating options. Rosetta's, a full-service restaurant, is located in 1,200 square feet on the ground floor. Attached to the lobby, the 89-seat eatery offers breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The hotel's bar, Hotel Genevieve Bar, expands 2,700 square feet on the rooftop. It offers light bites and has 142 seats, both indoor and outdoor. Guests looking for something more intimate can grab a drink at Lucky Penny. The Speakeasy holds 34 people in 815 square feet. Lastly, the hotel has a small neighborhood market, taking up only 517 square feet in the building. Opening in late May, Mini March will offer fresh produce, coffee, local provisions, and grab-and-go breakfast and lunch. Chef Ashley Shanty will serve as culinary director of the hotel. Shanty, who was on season 19 of Top Chef, was a finalist for the 2020 James Beard Rising Star Chef of the Year Award. My values align with those of Bunkhouse, and I look forward to how we, together, can be of service to the Louisville community, Shanty said. Connecting with farmers and makers of the region and exploring local flora and fauna has always been an important thread in the stories I tell through my food, and Louisville has a lot to offer in that aspect. The hotel's design is inspired by Louisville, but taking one step further than just horses and bourbon. The design features various local artists, including patchwork quilt projects from locally based Anchel Project and Jeffrey Sinich. Hotel Genevieve is Bunkhouse's first urban core hotel. The hotel will have programming with partners Black Soil Kentucky, Louisville Orchestra, and the Olmsted Parks Conservancy. The next article is titled MGP Ingredients Acquires Growing Bourbon Brand, written by Stephen Schmidt. Midwest Grain Products Ingredients, Incorporated, announced that its Bardstown, Kentucky-based subsidiary, Luxco Incorporated, has reached terms to acquire Penelope Bourbon. The deal includes $105 million in cash to be paid at closing, a news release said. There is also a further potential earnout contingent consideration with a possible maximum cash payout of $110.8 million measured through December 31, 2025, provided that certain performance conditions are met. The transaction is expected to be finalized by June. We are excited to welcome Penelope as part of our expanding Premium Plus brand portfolio, said David Colo, President and CEO of MGP Ingredients in the release. This acquisition aligns well with our strategy and our focus on growing high potential, high margin brands. Penelope is an excellent addition to our branded spirits portfolio as we look to expand its availability throughout our national distribution platform. We are enthusiastic about this acquisition and its ability to further our participation in the growing American whiskey category while delivering meaningful long-term growth. Penelope started in 2018 as a family-run operation based out of Roselle, New Jersey in the New York metro area. It was one of many brands that was a customer of MGP before the acquisition. The brand received its name from the daughter of the co-founder and CEO, Michael Palandini. 
MGP has been an incredible partner of ours since we started our business in 2018. We are excited to take our partnership to the next level with the goal of accelerating Penelope's growth for years to come, Palandini said in the release. Since our initial product launch in 2019, it has been amazing to watch consumers embrace our brand. We look forward to expanding our partnership with MGB and building on our legacy, added Daniel Police, COO and co-founder of Penelope in the release. On Friday, MGP announced its most recent first quarter earnings reports and reported revenue of $201 million, which beat most analysts' forecast by around 3%, adding confidence to pundits' expectations to the overall health and staying power of bourbon in the market going forward. Founded in 1941, MGP is headquartered out of Atchison, Kansas, northwest of the Kansas City metro area, but in this area it is well known for its Ross and Squibb Distillery in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, just west of Cincinnati, where the vast percentage of bulk whiskey is produced that is used by non-distilling producers. Translation, if a non-distilling producer is starting up, it is probably getting its bourbon from MGP. The company also supplies bulk whiskey to other distilleries that need extra barrels to keep up with the demand. The Lawrenceburg facility acquired in 2011 also makes Luxco brands such as Remus and Rossville Union. MGP bought Luxco in 2021 in a deal valued at approximately $475 million. Luxco operates four distilleries, including two in Kentucky, Bardstown and Luxro Distillers, which unveiled a $4 million expansion in November, where brands produced include Ezra Brooks, Rebel, and Blood Oath, and Lebanon at Limestone Branch Distillery, Yellowstone Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, among others. The next article is titled Startups Advance to Finals of Ideathon. One of the finalists also won our Kentucky NO Madness recently. Written by Stephen Schmidt. Some had ideas. Some had fully operational companies. But founders from all of the 16 hopeful startups took their turn presenting at the first round of Derby Diversity Week's Ideathon on May 2nd at the Kentucky International Convention Center in downtown Louisville. Although the event drew in plenty of diverse founders from the Louisville metro area, there were several other in-state and out-of-state participants. Three finalists were awarded $5,000 in prize money. One of the finalists hailed from Paducah, Kentucky, and is certainly no stranger to Kentucky NO readers after winning the 2023 edition of our Kentucky NO Madness competition last month. That would be Stevens Bonholm, co-founder of Feed Coyote, a business network and collaboration platform. He could make a case for being one of the hottest startups in the regional entrepreneurial ecosystem after having participated in Techstars Atlanta Accelerator, $120,000 in funding, having won a five-across-pitch competition for $5,500 at Awesome Incorporated, and winning the Kentucky NO Madness event, State Global Bragging Rights, all within a few months. 
amazing, Bonholm told me when I asked him to sum up the state of his startup, which in essence provides a multifaceted collaboration platform for freelancers. He was only a few hours into his first trip to Louisville and had given the presentation that would make him one of the five semifinalists for the competition. When I first spoke with Bonhomme in December of 2022, Feed Coyote was growing about 30 users a month. Since its start in the summer of 2022, its number has grown by 119%. Now, it's picking up about 1,000 users a week as the company has recently accepted users, not just from the U.S., but other countries as well. In turn, it has also expanded the platform to be able to work in five other languages besides English. We are considering more languages as we build because we are studying the regions where our users are coming from, said Bonhomme, who said he's raised 9% of a $3 million seed round. His users and the rest of the freelance community showed its muscle when it came to sending out votes for Bonhomme and his team in the Kentucky NO Madness competition. It was amazing to see that people were rooting for us to win, Bonhomme said. And when I reached out to them to vote, they were like, hey, I did it. Good luck. Keep going. And we're all going to tell our friends to vote. And we're going to tell other people to vote. Because they wanted to see us win. They were part of that community, which is where the power of community comes into play. Back in December, Bonhomme was still working remotely for Microsoft after having moved from Seattle as a part of being one of the winners of the 1ST50K competition in 2022 that was co-sponsored by Paducah-based Sprocket. He has since quit Microsoft to go all-in on Feed Coyote. The other two finalists are Tony Mudd, founder of Sensori Safety, a Louisville-based startup that uses data to prevent workplace accidents. Services offered include return-to-work evaluations and situational awareness training. Latrice Anderson and Carly Kessinger, founders of Oasis Wellness and Hydration Software Solutions, a Louisville-based health tech startup that provides IV hydration therapy services. The three founders selected to move on will receive approximately six months to refine their presentations using a variety of available resources through the support of the competition's judges and committee members, as overseen by Kiana Baker, the Director of Community Engagement at Amplify Louisville, and the committee chair for this year's Ideathon. The finals will take place on a to-be-determined date in October. The next article is titled Lifting Up Kentucky Nurses During This Important Month, written by Donna Meter, past president of the Kentucky Nurses Association. May is National Nurses Month. What better time or way to celebrate nursing than to place nursing on the center stage? As the professional nursing organization representing all of Kentucky's 90,000 nurses, the Kentucky Nurses Association would like to take a few moments of your time to tell you about nurses. You probably know a nurse or two, may have nurses in your family or friend group, and hopefully have had positive experiences of nursing care. As we have heard many, many times, and year after year in the United States, nurses are the most trusted profession, according to a 2022 Gallup poll. 
but what do you really know about what we do? Well, it's time for our public to know, straight from the horse's mouths. We are portrayed in the media in a variety of ways. Most of those portrayals are angelic, caring, nurturing, even motherly. Occasionally, we are portrayed in a more realistic but bent toward the negative fashion. Think of Nurse Jackie, a popular Showtime series featuring a strong-willed but flawed nurse balancing the demands of the emergency room. The truth is, caring for our patients is extremely important, of course. But what we are doing in the act of caring is deeper and often more technical than the public may realize. When the hospital nurse helps to reposition their patients and adjust pillows, of course, it is in part for comfort, but the reality is that he or she is relieving pressure on the body so that they won't develop a pressure ulcer or bed sore. When the health department nurse asks what seems like 100 questions prior to administering your child's immunization, it is to assure that it is the correct time for the vaccination, the correct dosage, and to help avoid an allergic reaction. When the dialysis nurse discusses diet and what is going on at home with the kidney dialysis patient, it may sound like simply making conversation, but they are actually trying to assure that the patient has what is needed, is knowledgeable about how to eat and drink to prevent fluid overflow, and can avoid serious complications such as falls in the home or food and medication interactions. When the school nurse interacts with a student, he or she may seem to be just acting pleasant, but may be able to identify potential serious problems such as food insecurity in the home, depression, anxiety, and other mental health issues, even situations of abuse. Today's Kentucky nurses are leaders, researchers, innovators, educators, administrators, and of course, clinical practitioners. We do our jobs in scrubs, lab coats, military uniforms, or even business suits. We are proud to speak up and to advocate for ourselves and our patients and to work diligently every day to not only care for our Kentucky communities in the traditional ways, but also to improve health, equity, and justice in our healthcare organizations and throughout the Commonwealth. During Nurses Month, the Kentucky Nurses Association, KNA, will spotlight, honor, and celebrate those who are in our network who are more than just a nurse, but a difference maker in many lives each and every day. Join us. Tell a nurse you know that you appreciate them and then ask them what they really do. The next article is titled Angelo's Pizza Closing This Month After 60 Years, written by Michael Jones. Angelo's Pizza, 1725 Berry Boulevard, will close May 31st after nearly 60 years in business. In a recent interview with Louisville Business First, owner Crystal Lay blamed rising food costs and utility bills. The inflation is just eating me up. The food costs, the increase on the utilities, the increased cost of everything, Lay explained. Angelo's Pizza in Louisville was founded in 1963 by Harold Skidmore, whose family operated it until 1994. That happens to be when Lay started working for the restaurant. The donor family purchased the building and business that year, and they owned Angelo's 
for 23 years before selling the business to Lay seven years ago. The 7,700-square-foot property is owned by Donor Enterprises, Incorporated, according to Jefferson County Property Valuation Administrator Records. She wasn't sure if the business would sell. It would be wonderful if someone did buy it and keep Angelo's going. The south end of Louisville loves the restaurant. Lay said at one time people drove from all over the city to frequent the restaurant, but that has changed in recent years as the South End has become less of a food and drinking destination outside of Kentucky Derby Week. A lot of people in the area are on a fixed income, and they are struggling hard right now, Lay added. When you're on a fixed income and inflation hits, you're in trouble. That doesn't leave money for pizza. That doesn't leave money for cold beer at the bar. You give up those luxuries. And without my community, you know we're nothing. The next article is titled, $29 Million Hotel Project Proposed in New Albany, written by Eleanor Tolbert. The Elsby Hotel has been proposed for the historic downtown district of New Albany, Indiana. A news release said co-owners Steve Resch of Resch Property Group and Resch Construction and Chad Springler of the Springler Company plan to build the full-service 82-room boutique hotel at 117 East Spring Street. Anticipated to open in the spring of 2025, the hotel will be a $29 million investment. Construction is set to begin this spring. From owners to architects and interior design team, every inch of this property will be redeveloped by locals for locals and will include entertainment, dining, conference and event options for the community and for those visiting New Albany and the greater Louisville area, Resch said. A rooftop bar is planned with the project. Resch and Sprigler, both based in New Albany, purchased the building in June of 2021. The release said the hotel is an adaptive reuse of the Elsby building, a 100-plus-year-old building that previously housed office space. Jacob Resch, the property and project manager estimates the creation of up to 100 new jobs. The Elsby Hotel is managed by First Hospitality of Chicago and will be a tapestry collection by Hilton. The next article is titled Louisville Trends on Airbnb, written by Eleanor Tolbert. Louisville is tracking as the top trending domestic summer destination on Airbnb. The Derby City is seeing a surge in search and demand for the first quarter of 2023 compared to the same time last year, according to a news release. The 149th Annual Kentucky Derby, which took place at Churchill Downs Racetrack on May 6th, was a driving force behind the surge. We are thrilled to see Louisville take the spotlight as the top trending summer destination on Airbnb, and this presents a significant opportunity for local hosts to showcase their incredible hospitality and the unique charm of the city, a spokesperson with Airbnb said. Behind Louisville, the second most trending city is Laconia, New Hampshire, and after that is another Kentucky city, Lexington. In 2022, Hosts in Louisville collectively earned nearly $3 million during the Kentucky Derby weekend, with the typical host earning over $2,000. 
The next article is titled Grain Right Leaving Logan Street Market, written by Michael Jones. A popular boutique bakery in Logan Street Market has closed permanently. James Bridges, co-owner of the Grain Right, said the bakery ceased operations on April 30th after one and a half years in business. Bridges operated Grain Right with his wife, Claire. Bridges said the bakery shut down because he accepted a job with Ashburn Farms. He will be helping to lead the bread program at the Haymarket Ashburn Farms Upcoming Marketplace and Urban Garden at 3020 River Road on the former Lebanese Country Club site. Our bread is going to live on, but under their organization, Bridges explained. The next article is titled, Taco Luchador Closes at Colonial Gardens, written by Michael Jones. Taco Luchador has closed its restaurant in the redeveloped Colonial Gardens. We would have loved for this location to succeed like our other locations, but unfortunately it did not, Rick Moore, co-owner of Old Hospitality Group, said. The team appreciates all of our guests that visited the Colonial Gardens location and invite them to continue their patronage of our other locations located in the Highlands, Jefferson Town, and St. Matthews. This concludes excerpts from Louisville Business First. Your reader has been Julia Shane. Now, please stay tuned for Kentucky Series on Radio Eye. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.